Whiskey, November, Romeo, Papa. To all units, proceed to your post assignments. All units, proceed to your post assignments. Overrun. By the time my PPC powered up again, there was no one left to shoot. Lieutenant General Mitchell Simmons, 17th Sky RCT, Black Earth Bay, 3050. You're listening to Wolfnet Radio, the show that just sends it. I'll be your host this evening, Matthew. Keep an eye on it, Bloodbath Barons. Tonight's co host tonight, Andrew. Hell yes, you would. Minnow Crawl. Good evening, guys. And Luke, I'm missing stuff. Charles Gideon Dirks. <laughs> hey, everybody. <laughs> Thomas needs sleeves now. Silent Sea Raven Kruger. More sleeves. And Aaron, nice workspace. Coach Kroll. Hello, everyone. Tonight we got a great podcast. We have lots of new updates releases. Books, novels, shebang. Plenty of uh, model painting, reflections on the Battle Barn, so a little bit of rules talk. Maybe we might get some Wolfnet Regiment updates. Otherwise, challenge still hasn't been accepted. Yeah, yeah, haven't really heard much on the challenge side. (laughs) Starting to think somebody doesn't listen to us. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, know what I mean? Catalyst, Ray. <clears throat> Ray. Anyway, well, it, it, it it was uh, Brent who was actually throwing down, true. right? True. Brent was actually the one that threw the challenge down. And... Right. Ray, Ray, Ray was just an unwilling Ray. participant. Ray was just there. <laughs> Poor Ray. Poor Ray. <laughs> that should be his tagline whenever he's on the show again. It's like Ray. I'm just usually I'm just there. <laughs> <Rostia>. <laughs> Sidekick. <laughs> Just well, in the, the, the wrong the, the wrong place at the right time. Yeah. But no, challenge is still out there, so I guess they're gonna have to go listen to the other I don't think we're gonna go over the rules again. They're gonna have to go listen to the episode. So uh, but speaking oh, of Ray, uh happy birthday, Ray. Oh yeah. What? Yeah, was... he was born on Tyre Mirborg Day. Yep. Nice. Happy happy birthday, Ray. Should we sing? No. I no. Think so. I don't think anybody wants to hear that. No. You don't get a sing. I think we tried that once before and it didn't work out very well. Fair enough. Well, that has everybody be. gotten their Kickstarter from the cast? Wave two? Everybody gotten their wave two yet? Oh, I think so. Who hasn't? Craig. Uh, I'm sure there's a few <laughs> out there yet. Craig. Yeah, I think uh, last official number was something like ninety percent of people have their stuff, but uh, but the three of you, because uh, Coach and I got our stuff in Wave Two Point and you guys were on Wave Two Point One, so you guys got a whole bunch of boxes. And when I say you guys, that'd be Andrew, Matt, and Tommy. So what do you guys think now that you have all all of these minis in hand? Was it I'm was happy. it worth the wait? Yeah, yeah, I'm happy to get all of it at once. Yeah, I thought they uh, they sent a box a little bit. I had two boxes. Um, one box was really full, and another box had like it felt like like three map sheets, and that was it. <laughs> like a box full of three map sheets, and I'm that like, sucks. What? 
<laughs> but it could be worse. I I've saw some stuff on the internet. I guess I could have a pink smoke jaguar emblem on my t-shirt, so I'm kind of happy that nothing like that happened. Somebody got yeah. a pink smoke jaguar t-shirt? A little misprint. Yeah. Yeah. Whoops. Interesting. Quality control. Well, hopefully he or her or their daughter is a clan smoke jaguar fan. I or they like the, like color pink. It could be I, Smoke Jaguar and Cancer Awareness Month T-shirt. There we go. Boom! Fight like a girl. Fight Clan like a girl. Jaguar. Clan Smoke Jaguar. No, uh, I, I was really surprised that my Jade Falcon dice came in square. Ooh. You got dice? One set. <laughs> one, um, one set. One. You got set. dice? I didn't get dice. Did you order dice? Probably not. Because <laughs> I saw all of your guys' dice. I'm like, I don't want that shit. <laughs> yeah, you, you you say square, Tommy. Have you like set them next to other dice? Have you like stacked things on top of them? Do they hold like because yeah, did you did you see did you see Mike did you see mine when I put the whole the whole shooting match together and Le- leaning tower all of and all of the hills and valleys that were on the dice. <laughs> nope, uh, I guess I haven't done that. Well, I, darn it. Nope, I haven't done so that. So there's there's credit coming for that yet? That's Somehow? the word. Yeah, I think it, last I remember hearing about it was once they're through um, getting everything delivered, there's going to be some A mass exodus. Something you can fill out to get some kind of credit for the dice that you feel aren't correct. So that sounds fairish. I think that's the best way to go because I mean, maybe some people don't care and they're just like, well, whatever. But you know, like people like Andrew who ordered what the whole set, two things of every. You you ordered the whole set, like I ordered the whole set. It was one hundred and twenty-five dollars for the whole set of dice and. I don't even think half of them are yeah. remotely close to being. So in that situation, yeah. it makes sense to, you know, hey, you owe me, you owe me some actual dice, which I could see. Which I don't think they're going to do. I think it'll just end up being store credit, and it is what it is. Oh, you you know, I'm I'm in the in the gang of you know, I'm I'm happy that I got maybe the one set of dice, and I'll just. Write it off to it's a Kickstarter. <laughs> it's a Kickstarter. It, it is a Kickstarter. <laughs> I, I just realized like how much I didn't, and I feel like this is the sentiment of, of mostly everybody is like I didn't order enough. I, I think Agreed. that con level, that con level was totally worth it for yep. the price tag. I'm, I'm really happy that I up my up my pledge. Yeah, I'm. That's that's what I finished. That's. When the Kickstarter closed, that's what I finished at was con. Because if you're if you're going through it, like we all, well, this all happened way before COVID. So, yeah. somebody figure out how many days it's been. Oh. <laughs> all I know is I had to scroll a long ways in my Gmail account to find out my my initial because I was trying to figure out what I ordered. I could it's been so long as I couldn't remember what I ordered, and. 2018 should be easy to figure out. I think I did the math early on 
and um, Star Colonel was the most mechs for your dollar. Bang for your buck? Yeah, if I remember right, I think I remember seeing and hearing that too out on the interwebs. They were saying that the Star Colonel level was best bang for your buck, which is why we had quite a few people do multiple Star Colonels. Um, yeah, that's probably the way it should have went. But uh, the the reopening of um, the Kickstarter to be able to go in and, and add stuff, that was genius and terrible for me. <laughs> I could have done two cons at that point. <laughs> <laughs> and I agree with you. Even at that, I still didn't order enough stuff. July 17th of 2019 is when it officially started. CGL announced 13th of June 2019 that they were going to do a Kickstarter, but I think it opened July. So that's two... That's a lot of days. But So that all being said, and now that we're here, right, um, I'll, I'll jump ahead here just a little bit. We did a uh, Alpha Strike game. Um, and instead of doing 350, I brought um, an easier map to set up using the new frontline maps that I got for the 350 because they're friggin' gorgeous. But it was a six by four mat. And we played Comstar versus Jaguar. And the number of people that we had stop by and ask questions. And I think the Waves 2 stuff had been on um the source of shelf for like maybe two days <laughs> i think that i think it went up thursday and to sit there from we were there from noon to five and watch it disappear <laughs> <laughs> and that is also including was i talked with as soon as i posted that Mario hit me up immediately and just said, I want one of whatever's on the shelf because he wanted to help out some folks that were still looking for stuff. I'm like, all right, that's a great idea. So I bought one of everything. And then I got a couple of phone calls Sunday morning. Hey, do you have this, that, and the other? Guess what I did? I went back to the source and bought everything. I'll take all these. So... You guys have shopping carts here? <laughs> I bought $1,200 worth of miniatures. <laughs> Damn! In, Damn! In, 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 in three days. And wow. it's basically gone. Wow. I've had enough people contact me that, hey, I, I didn't order this or I need another one of these or whatever. And I'm happy to be able to provide that just because that is my biggest concern now is inventory how, how are we going to keep this stuff on the shelf um battletech has had it is having it, it is having it, a tremendous resurgence and the number of questions that i get in the people who stop by every time i'm doing a demo in a game store it it's fantastic in the fact that i can point them to a shelf that has our stuff there um is even more exciting. So well, not, not the source anymore because you bought them all. Clean that baby up. 
No, I, I, uh, there was, I, I only bought, I bought a couple things that had extras. I did leave some stuff there, but I'm talking about like a game of armored combat, the clan invasion box, um, different yes. maps, that kind of thing. I'm not necessarily, I, I'm worried about the Lance packs and the star packs being available. It's the introductory stuff to get them the rules, to be able to get them a map sheet and have them understand what's going on or be able to get into the game. That, yeah. to me, is is the important piece to have. Um, all of the Lance and Star Packs, absolutely, they become important. But being able to point somebody to, this is what you need to get started, and know that you can find that, I think is that that's the thing, right? I mean, you need to be able to get into the game. <laughs> so I think, I think those box sets are just bar none, the best bang for your buck. Oh, uh, in and, bucks it, and you get, yeah, it's I totally agree. Totally agree. Yeah. That was a, that was a knock out of the park, but yeah, I, it's going to be an inventory and uh, restocking shelves nightmare going going ahead of time Just... yeah my uh oh sorry go ahead coach no I, that's oh no i uh had a similar experience as andrew i uh our uh colorado springs group uh one of the guys stopped at uh gamers haven shout out gamers haven colorado springs um but uh he posted in the local discord that uh they had kind of sorted out their like inventory thing so they could put it on the shelf and i got like i was there within probably 10 minutes um and i was not the first one there nor did i buy the most by far um i just picked up a couple boxes because i need a wolfhound for reasons um but such a great model too by the way yeah it is it's really pretty. Such a great so model. good <laughs> well, like, like i i was there the the day before and they were like yeah we, we you know we we don't have it on the shelf yet but if you write down what you're looking for we you know we'll set it aside for you because they're super super nice and helpful there but um i was like you know i don't need anything i don't need it until you see the post saying, Hey, the Battletech stuff is on the shelf. And then you kind of all of a sudden need stuff, you know? Um, <laughs> yeah. That little itch starts going. Oh man. Yeah. Well, and then when, when it's right there in front of you, it's, it's like, you, you can't, you, you have to pick it up to look at it. And then once you pick it up, you can't put it back down. Like that's the rule. Right. Well, so, it's in my hand. So, right. I can, it's, I it's, contaminated it. I might as well take it home. <laughs> right. It, it, it's, it's more work. It's the same amount of work to set it on the counter as set it back on the shelf. Yep. I guess I'm going to pick this up. I did um, love the, the meme that was uh, get your kids involved into, in a battle tech. That way they won't have money for drugs. <laughs> yeah. You're not wrong there too. No, it was so, uh, when I bought on Sunday, when I walked up and, and bought the last, the last run, I was carrying balancing uh, <laughs> in each hand. Cause they, like Aaron said, they don't have shopping carts there. You had to figure <laughs> out how to get <laughs> <laughs> and it's exactly, it was. It was a circus. I had, I had uh, eight 
and seven boxes in each hand stacked up, walking up to the counter, trying to not tip anything over. <laughs> and, it came out of the bear cage. <laughs> and I got up there and, and one, the, the gal said, I'm impressed you made it up here without dumping anything. And the second thing she said was, is this is not the first time we've seen this much stuff hit the, hit the counter from the Battletech stuff. So one, it's great to hear. That was great to hear. I know that people are excited and buying the product, but I mean, the other part, the other part of me on all of this was, is buy everything off the shelf because in six months or eight months, are we going to have stuff on the shelf? And then more having the thing available to be able to, to distribute, you know, secondhand is, and again, I'm not going to be, I'm not, I'm not selling the clan or the Comstar packs at 50 bucks. I'm going to sell them at like 38. I'm going to make a couple of bucks for having to run up there and, and, and fight through it in, you know, the runs to the, the, the shipping place. But guess that, it's, it, I'm glad that people are making it available. I don't like the fact that they're taking advantage of the situation. But, but each to their own, and, and people will do what they everything. need to do, I guess. I know. I know. But it's yeah. disheartening. It sucks. One, Scalpers. Well, so, yeah, over at uh, my local shop, you know, they somebody went back in a couple of days later, and there was still stuff on the shelf. So then we were joking like, well, there's, there's battle tech stuff right there on the shelf that w w where anybody could buy it. Like, that's crazy. <laughs> that doesn't happen. You know, that... it's a new like... concept. We've waited so long for battle tech stuff to be on the shelf. And like in a couple of months, there's still not going to be battle tech stuff on the shelf because it's all gone. <laughs> well, I mean, that, that is one nice thing at the source with, with the resurgence that we're seeing and the amount of effort that people are going into getting some consistent things going again so we can build the community back up is uh, Chad uh, Olson uh, working at the source uh, has started working with iron winds and has, has got packs on, on the, on store shelves again, which so, I think when we talked about it, I don't think that they've been there in 10, 12 years. Yeah, because they're so, going to need some vehicles and infantry too now. You want to know what? He actually built out custom infantry packs so that you got what, you know, the, that infantry unit that I use a lot of, the standing, the standing special forces guy or whatever. There's that guy. There's a guy standing holding a rifle. There's a guy shooting a rifle from a hip. And then there's uh, one that has a shooting a bazooka type rocket launcher type thing or whatever. He made. Uh, packs that had two or three of each of those in and he listed it on the back and it was like seven bucks for seven of them or something like that it was purely and again thank you chad for doing this r350 format he he's, he stocked the shelves to make it easier for people to get into doing what it is that we're doing so um again huge shout out and thank you to chad for for doing that because it it's paying it's paying off so now that this kickstarter is over i feel like the the natural thing to do then is say what do you think the next one's going to be mercenaries and vehicles that's what i would like to see do another kickstarter that is merc themed because that's that's what we've been told is, is going to be the the theme of, of going forward 
yeah. which is the prime place to be able to add vehicles. And granted, not a lot of people play vehicles. I mean, there's a lot of folks that say eh, we play, we come to BattleTech for the big stompy robots, and we stay for the big stompy robots. Um, I think Alpha Strike changes that that paradigm um, a lot, in my opinion. And the vehicles, while there are some pretty decent vehicles, <sighs> after putting the new mechs out, the vehicles need a refresh now too. They, the, the blocks of lead that you get just <laughs> aren't as cool as what the mechs are anymore. <laughs> I mean, my, I... my, 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 my take on it. I don't know if everybody else feels that way. But, um, I think, I think there's enough variety on the, I'm just wondering about the size, you know, cause they're still working off the scale. I mean, I know that they're making new, Iron Winds is, has new vehicles and stuff, but I'm wondering if they're to size, which I still think a lot of the vehicles still look really good. Um, <laughs> the car, the Carnivore is just an awesome vehicle. Or am I thinking of the right? Yeah, Carnivore, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's just a. I mean, that's just a sci-fi tank, man. It's <laughs> the huge treads in the front, um, and it's huge on a hex. It's huge. It's just gigantic. Um, the marksman still looks awesome. It, again, that's huge. Um, Mars tank. Remember that those, those are those are recent. Those are recently done as well. Remodeled, so, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you, Aaron. Those look very Turkinish. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I still can't get over how big that Turkina is. <laughs> I I I put all of my mechs like in nice plastic fishing boxes and got you know. Matt mentioned my workspace, and I had a. My wife made me get all my BattleTech stuff out of the office, so I had to like make my own space. So I spent like a whole weekend on it and organized everything. And I still have like a really big box that's got to be taller, just for like the Behemoth and the Takina and like all these those that won't fit into the pre-selected size uh, box. But um, no. Um, God, next Kickstarter. Like, are we talking like a next core set or are we thinking just like next Kickstarter? Because they announced they're going to do another Kickstarter, didn't they? Well, yeah. uh, I mean, let's be, not... care let's be careful here. We have no official news. There's nothing official that's been said. The every time I bring it up to Ray, uh, he his his first thing is, is we're still delivering wave two. OK, let's not talk about anything beyond that. And we're not saying anything official here. These are we don't hey, know anything about what I would like to see. You yeah. know, this is my hope. OK, so. <laughs> yeah. So what are your hopes for? I, I do think we need. And maybe I'm like stretching it here a little bit, but I I do think we need an, an Alpha Strike corset. Oh, I a hundred percent agree with between you. Between Game of Armor Combat and Clan Invasion, like you've got. You can do classic clan versus uh, inner sphere, duke it out. All the rules, the map sheets, everything's there. That's good to go. Um, See, but but the but the thing with the Alpha Strike box set that you could do is with the current time frame that we have, thirty one fifty. You could do a lance and have two or three inner sphere mixed in with two or one clan mech yeah and oh, yeah. 
and, and go head to head that way. I think that would be um, fairly fantastic. And please, please, please don't do the, the thing that you did with the Griffin in putting that the only thing in the, in the beginner box set. Yeah, that, that, was, that, was, that. that was, ridiculous. that was alienation. That was, a little, that was a little upsetting, but it was a little greedy. Uh, you as know, that was. <laughs> add, add an, add another mech or add, add an, added some more battle armor um, to, to that alpha strike Lance pack. Again, knowing the, the situation in China and all the things that we're seeing there and the global shipping issues and everything else, um, can create a juggernaut feel that I don't know. Um, yeah. but that would be really cool to, to see that if, if you could come out with that alpha strike pack and push a couple of new things into that, I mean, right now, how many, how many boxes do each of you guys have of a game of armored combat? Uh, two. At one time I had four, but now I have. I think at one time I had three. I've got four beginner boxes and I have six a game of armored combat. That I only is, got one of the beginner. That's by far though. I mean, the only reason that I have that many is is you can't buy that many good quality mechs for that at that price. That point. price, no. No. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what the rules are in the book. It it I'm sorry. It matters what rules are in the book for being able to introduce and get people playing the game. For those of us that are already in the game, it doesn't matter what the rule book is. It doesn't matter the things that you add to it. It's the fact that I can get eight or 10 mechs for 50 bucks or yeah. 60 bucks. Everyone's going to buy that. I was going to go, I was going to go like really crazy outside of the box, but do like a versus box. Like you have, like this box would have probably 20 miniatures, you know, five, six mechs, uh, four or five vehicles, two or three battle armor, but it's like a big box, you know, it, it's something that you could set what, on a shelf. You mean and... maybe like a couple of 350 armies? Yeah, so, something like that. I don't know where that <laughs> idea came from. Just or, or you could do like a company against a double star. Yeah. Either way. But it, I mean, it, it would be pricey. It'd probably be 150 bucks. Oh, you think you could get that done for a hundred? Yeah. Like if you could sell a hundred dollar box set, that's got two armies in it. It's got the rules for alpha strike. Um, it's got a collection of different, you know, it's not just max, it's max, uh, vehicles, battle armor, maybe, I mean, they already did the Shalom. I mean, maybe throw in an aerospace fighter or something like that. I'll throw in a VTOL. Or, or a couple of VTOLs. And that way, if the box is big enough, you can maybe build a 36 by 42 inch map on the bottom. Yeah. And uh, have some, I mean, terrain wise, eh, I don't know how you would do that. You'd, I mean, you could do the little cardboard cutout stuff, but it wouldn't be height wise. If you did a cube, you could do that. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, the other the other thing you could do is is you could have the terrain on cardboard and have slide things that go in on the edges to raise it up. You could do that. You you would it wouldn't be a solid piece like what we're used to being what we're used to playing on, 
but it would be solid enough to be able to put plastic miniatures on top of it. Yeah. Or you just make the box like thick and you just do have pre-cut styrofoam terrain on the bottom and then the mech sit on the top kind of a thing. I mean, I'm just saying for Battletech right now, like, because you see some of these games, like the what's the game of our, our uh, game of uh, Game of Thrones um, miniature block, like yeah, fire and ice, box yeah, freaking huge, yeah, and like you, you, everyone picks that box up, turns it over, looks at the miniatures, turns it over, and then usually ends up buying it. I think that was like a hundred and twenty-five bucks, but there was a ton of miniatures in it. But if you could have like a two army versus army box set, like right out of the bag, um, I think that would. Well, be I mean, awesome. I mean, look at look at how many look at how many conversations people have with us about. Well, I don't know how to put an army together, or you know, what yeah. are some starter lists? Or you know, we've we've published a bunch of starter lists. Yeah, um, I, I we have some that we need to we need to get done, and I have also put together a whole bunch of. 200 point list that mix max vehicle and infantry together uh, for doing, you know, just 200 point demos. Um, See, that's what I think the box set would be is just two 200 point lists. You don't need to go the full 350. Just do 200 point lists. It's not a lot of stuff. It's, I mean, but you're, you're getting four or five max. You're getting a couple of vehicles and some battle armor. I mean, Fair. like, like what you said, because the game of armor combat and because of the clan invasion box set are so awesome is because of the price point and the mechs you get inside of it. So if I'm going to drop, you know, a Benjamin, I want to get a lot of mechs. So, you know, five mechs per side, two different vehicle types, two different battle armors. So you're going to have like a collection started by just buying this box. See, and I think at a, at a hundred dollars, I think you could get two, three fifty armies in that. I mean that's that's 32 units, not all mechs. I I really think you could get creative and get that done, and I think that would be, again, not this is it, not biased in that it's 350. Um, only going from the premise that we've already proven out that what we're doing works and it's quick and it gets gets people playing that as an idea to start from. It, and it, and it's incorporating all those different types of units. Yeah. yeah. The combined yeah. arms and, is fun. And you're not it's talking about strictly inner sphere versus clan. I mean, you're mixing, yep. you know, a mad cat and a wolfhound and fucking throw a turkey in there too. You know, <laughs> like you're having a whole hodgepodge of stuff. Um, throw in some Comstar mechs. Um, because that's, oh, that's what the salad. Because that's what the salvages are going to look. How good are the Comstar mechs? By far the best two packs in the in the group, in my opinion. I really like the new Comstar mech. They did a good job with those. Which one came with us? With those? Uh, that was um, the Crab King, Crab Black Knight. I got, uh, I got sitting, Lancelot. <laughs> I got them sitting right here. There's a the, whole bunch, uh, like most of the Star League ones. The yeah. command, the command level mm. was King Crab, Mercury, Katana. Exterminator, uh, Highlander, Sentinel, and Black Knight. And the battle was the Crab, Flashman, Guillotine, 
Crockett, Mongoose, Crockett, Lancelot. That Crockett is awesome. I like that. They That's are a good model. All just freaking cool miniatures. How much bullshit Love is that? New Mongoose. The, they didn't put the King Crab and the Crab in the same pack. I mean, come on, <laughs> come to the Crab Pack. That King Crab is about as big as the Turkina. Yeah. Dude, well, when they all of the assault mechs are just yeah. they're they're a handful, which is awesome. <laughs> they, they couldn't sell all the seashells at the seashore. <laughs> you, you could definitely tell an assault mech in BattleTech now. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's no The other fun part is with some of those Comstar packs, you can integrate those into the clan second lines for salvage. Yeah. Yep. Hundred percent. So, yeah. Or, or, uh, or as or as garrisons. Yep. Exactly, same thing. I know that I I got all the the clan stuff as much as possible. Um, no, but um, <laughs> I wish I would have picked up more Intersphere stuff. Now that I looked at it, so. I picked up a few, but then again, yeah i I could have changed my selections again. It seeing some of the packs come out. And looking at the lists, but I'm very indecisive the way it is normally. So yeah, I could have gone several different ways. But then, oh, oh, go, go ahead. ahead. No, well, no. I was just my little bow on the on the Alpha Strike box set would be like you can go back and and that gives you the opportunity to redesign a bunch of the older mechs that didn't get a redesign. Because I mean, if it's mercenaries versus mercenaries, like. They run the gambit of material. Like they're fishing out four hundred year old, like you said, katanas out of wherever they can find them. Uh, but then also have some new stuff. I think it's the mercenary way to go is the perfect blend of of being able to like throw in everything into a box set. See, and I think um, maybe just kind of the pulse of the community. Um, especially with the number of, uh, uh, people who have been migrating, uh, you know, from other war games, stuff like that, seeing, seeing Battletech on the shelves so now they're like, Hey, what's this thing? I'm going to give it a try. Now I see the cool product. Um, I, I would honestly like to see a more fleshed out faction alignment. Um, and I, you know, not necessarily like a Kickstarter that would get all the field manuals made, anything like that, but more along the lines of, uh, you know, uh, buy this force pack. This is, this is a Merrick force pack. The, the six units in this pack could be, you know, could be the core of your Merrick force. Um, but, but I, I, again, I, I get kind of like why they put the crab and King crab in two different packs, right? Like you, you want to make sure that, uh, people, not necessarily like trying to make all the money, but at the same time, if you throw it all in one pack, then you're going to sell a bunch of one pack and not necessarily a whole bunch of another, you know, and it, there's a whole lot of uh, just kind of having to ride the waves of the fandom at that point, which is not where any producing company wants to be, I don't think. But Do you think we'll see more of those faction packs come out like the Wolf's Dragoons one? Comstar. They they did kind of. I mean, they're tipping their hat that way. Um, you know, they're right. going to throw in what three other models that are either reposed or something else, but then two new models or something like that. 
Um, I'm just trying to think, like, where are you going to draw the line at factions? I mean, are you going to do one for every clan, every Intersphere house? Um, well, and the chassis and then the variants. But I don't think we'll get into too many variant changes. No. They did the, well, I mean, they did the blackjack. What, yeah, that's what Barnes and Noble did. You know, yeah. a different archer, a different. Well, yeah, yeah, different archer, different blackjack. But otherwise, for another box set idea, that would be kind of cool. You could buy an inner sphere box set, and it's got like three miniatures from each house, and then have like a giant map. That would be kind of neat. Three of their like signature mechs, and you're getting. I mean, if you're gonna go, how many how many great houses are left right now? Is what six? <laughs> We're still waiting to see One, the answers two. on those. So, um, Charles, I, I was I had some time this morning because we had a dog that got up really fucking early, and I couldn't go back to sleep. So I started reading through Discord this morning, and I. Kind of some of the things that you said were were what we were seeing there, and and we've had a lot of people asking about faction, faction and era specific lists. In that you could have a twenty seven fifty um, star league unit play against a you know thirty fifty clan unit. Um, what what are the things that you guys think we could maybe Put a bug in somebody's ear when it comes to the MUL to help make that easier. Or what could we add to whether we can add something to the the, the top sheet that would give an indicator of the mechs as they got printed off. Maybe introductory date. Um, I. I I've been, I had a couple hours in the truck today and I was trying to think of what, what would be things that you could add to the MUL top sheet that would make it easier for a tournament organizer to validate that. Because right now, the MUL is set up to do this. We could do faction and era lists. The issue is the tournament organizer validating the list without having to go through every army and pulling up every unit to validate that it is what the person says their army is. That's, yeah. in, in my opinion, or where I'm sitting, I that that's the hardest thing. I maybe I'm missing something, but I don't know an easy way to validate a list. And if anyone's going to sit here and tell me, oh well, no one's no one's going to do that, I'll tell you that I, I got a. I got to catch a popsicle. I want to sell you. <laughs> um, it, I we've had it. Ha we've we've already had it happen in multiple tournaments of people showing up with things that they're not supposed to. Don't so it's that's that. After reading through some of that stuff this morning, Charles, I was like, "What could we add to make that happen easier?" Yeah, well, no, and I I kicked that over. I don't even remember who I was talking to. It might have been Greek Fire um, months ago, but it, the the problem is like because he he's on the input and data and making sure that the the cards and all you know the unit info is correct, um, not so much on the programming side. So it was kind of a well, that's not really my bag, but I'll kick it over. See, because like in my head, if you start with every 
and I mean, I'm not a programmer, so this is going back like 20 years to the last time I was in code. But if you start with a full list of the first unit, all of its errors and factions, and then when you add the second one, you check to see which ones cross over and you keep repeating that over and over again through the whole list. And then at the bottom, whatever still matches, you just print that on the card or you print that on the, on the cover sheet saying, you know, like possible, possible faction era matches. And it just lists, you know, after we ran through each one, this is all that's left. It, this is either a Davian list from Lost Tech or it's a Davian list from, uh, like, or, uh, Renaissance because all of the units match there, but that's the oh, only place for, they're all over. When you, for when you went to say print, that when right. you hit the print button, there would be an evaluation in the background that would say for everything on the list, it matches faction and year. What do you, but what happens when it doesn't? Then do you do a year and then do you do a year of beginning and end of, of what the, the span is? And if you see that, because, um, I mean, even if you're playing a 3050 unit, right, you could have a 3025 era mech in that 3050 group. Or is that, or are we not doing, would we not do the, the lists as lore, but more, tech era faction because i think that's probably where i get hung up in my head is a 3050 unit or list could very easily have 3025 max in it yeah you'll have that carry over until you have that stopping extinct point probably and but again, when you do a tournament how do you rule that right what and this and this is where when, when we start getting into things like this, that I don't necessarily know whether everybody gives the level of thought and detail into, if you had to run a tournament, how do you manage that? And these are the questions that come up, which is why we left it the way that it is right now, in that we don't have an easy way to do that without investing a lot of our own time. And then the back and forth then the conversation of, well, why can't I? Or it says in this book, in this obscure page, in this obscure paragraph that I can. Well, I we I put enough time into this. I'm not going to have that conversation. Well, I'm I, on master. I'm on master unit list right now. And the one thing is, so you can search by factions and and all that other stuff, time era. But when you go over to the you know, the Alpha Strike Force Builder. Like, it's just look for a unit. If they had, like, a checkbox or a drop-down menu that said, while I'm in the Alpha Strike Force Builder, please only let me see Ghost Bear 3025 and and later. That way, well, that, when, would, that would help a lot. When it goes in there, like, you can't even look at mechs that aren't Ghost Bear. And then when you print it, it'll save those parameters that you put in there and, and put that at the top. Now, can you cheat? Yeah, you could probably cheat. Oh, you can either. That's the other part of this whole thing is, is just cheating at this is fairly trivial. Right. But I'm saying if, to help people 
build units that are, they want to be era in. That's and that's probably the best idea so far. You just the, put you just put parameters yeah. on the Alpha Strike Force builder and just don't let it show you units that aren't designated <laughs> into the parameters. That's I mean, just looking at it, that would be my my way of going about it. Because if you, I, I, I think there's a weird hang up where if you try to go, I can't remember how it went, but if if you go to like Ghost Bear and you go to Clan Invasion, right, oh, it shows after, you everything. After 3080, Ghost Bear goes to Razahog Dominion. Right. But I'm just saying, just for, you know, um, that there's units in the, the what you're looking at that are left out or are added in. It's it's not an exact it's not an exact um science or well, for all the if, you, if you look at the top, uh when when you're on that page, coach, it should say Ghost Bear and Inner Sphere Clan General. Oh, I including was just Inner gonna ask that's oh, okay. the difference. I was I just gotcha. gonna ask that. Yeah. I see where you're getting at here. Because if you go through it yeah. through the era or Including... faction options, it'll always include the general list, whatever yeah, that unit or that faction belongs to. But if you, if go, you go into back, units and then yep. you click the drop down and you just put in the one faction, then it does not pull in all of the general list stuff that would apply otherwise. I gotcha. I gotcha. That's See, okay. usually... Usually when I'm building a list, I'll have three damn windows open. One with the faction and era that I'm looking at and scrolling through the mechs and, you know, I've spent enough time looking at the damn thing to go, ooh, I know that that one's pretty decent. Let me pull that one up in another window to take a look at it before I add it to, you know, the force builder. Right. So it's, you can do it. It's just, it takes some effort to get it done where Aaron, I think your, your dropdown option is, should be pretty easy to code in. I, I would think so. You're, you're eliminating a step like I, or a window basically. Cause I do the same thing. I, I search cause especially in 350 when you're looking for like, I need a, a mech that does flack. So I can just, and I have strike abilities just type in flack and then it gives me the whole list. But then I have to go over to the force builder <laughs> to, to see, okay, what are the minimal stats on it? And then you got to go click on the picture. And it's it's a chore, but I think if somebody took some serious time and maybe a little bit of money, um, it could get cleaned up. But that's more of a want, I guess, instead of a need. And I think speaking to uh, your earlier uh, question, Andrew, I think, I mean, if somebody's running a 3025 mech in their 3050 list, um, it's either going to still be on it, you know, it, it may not be part of that faction anymore. It may be extinct. It may be, but like that, that's why we end up with that inflated number of units uh, as you go through the eras. You know, if you go from uh, late succession wars and well, just, just for Capellans because they're first, they have 128 battle mechs. If you take them to Dark Age, they now have 554 <laughs> because the ones that don't die just linger. They just hang on. They're just still in the list somewhere, you know, and you end up with a lot of extra, you know, where you might be like, oh, that's a, you know, 
that's 3050 tech and this is dark age why why would i take that but it's because there's enough of those still floating around that they haven't been all wiped out but yeah i mean it's 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 an interesting thing i mean even when you start talking about 3051 or 3150 and i'm a curita uh uh house and i want to have a raven in my list um it's entirely feasible and possible to have that happen but where does that stop too you know what i mean where are the sources coming for that research yep i think that's mainly the reason why we didn't we don't generally include that lists have to be faction and era specific i mean just for that well just because we don't have the time nor an easy way to to validate it but that also brings up arguments that don't need to happen like oh absolutely just the whole thing like oh they could totally have one raven in their entire five regiments i'm like well okay yes here salvage technically yes they would but it's not manufactured you know and then it's just that argument where it's you're not going to win nobody wins in that argument no No. and that was a, a big part of the conversation we were having uh folks on the discord about because there's been a long time the battletech mindset is oh well just put whatever you want in there and just say it's salvage which like yeah it like in when you're running a narrative story it, you know you're running a long campaign you're, you're going to pick up all sorts of stuff i mean e- even the wolfnet regiment you know we've we fought Word of Blake, we fought Wolf. We, you know, like you're going to pick up odd, weird stuff sometimes, but that's not necessarily where a across the board <laughs> fair competitive setting makes sense. You know, like just saying, well, you know, it, everything is salvage, but when it's not through a narrative long campaign, that sort of thing, at, at what point is it just getting into the cheese, you know? I, I have this Phoenix Hawk 2C, whichever one is the pulse boat, and that was salvage. Where did you get that salvage at? You know, I have a septicemia. Where did you get that salvage at? When you went to the home worlds? No, right? But it, uh, if you want to, I guess, and I'll get off my soapbox here in a second, but I guess where my mindset is, if you limit it to faction and era, then you have to make concessions. You can't take all of the assault battle armor. You can't take all of the best transports. You can't take the biggest, heaviest, you know, just bruisiest mechs because no faction has all of them. Right. You, you're going to have to give up something and focus on what you want to play. So I, I don't know. That's kind of where my mindset comes from, at least in the 350. I mean, it, if you and your buddies want to get together in your basement and, you know, just throw only pulse boats that you know on the on the table do it you know whatever whatever trips your trigger that's cool but i think uh you know if i'm sitting down playing with somebody just uh in a pickup game at the game shop uh having some sort of limiting factor uh would make sense but and if the mul had that where it's like hey this is certified ghost bears or this is certified draconis combine then you know that like, because if they throw one mech in there that's not, then it's not certified, kind of a thing. That would be yeah. a neat way to, for tournament organizers to check. And and I think if that if it if that was a thing, I think that'd be a great 
way to run a 350 tournament because yeah like you said you're not getting i'm just going to maximize every chassis or every mech and it's going to go in my list absolutely i i completely agree with both of you that if we were able to do faction and era i think you would get a lot more interesting lists and wildly different games and the mechanics being used in said games it's just we don't have an easy way to validate and ensure that everyone at a tournament is following the same rules right yeah no and going back to um because i always kind of in my head i always liken 350 to uh like the ccg um because if you know there it was easy they they throw out the card you can see right on the card oh does that say you know does that say uh kirita on it or not like you know if it belongs in their deck but with mul it makes it hard because there's you know and, and if i walk into the game shop and i say oh this is my you know dark age republic list um i i i don't want to make somebody go through and go oh are you is that really let me look these all up like that th that's not the idea of 350 right it's i can show right. up with my box and say i'm ready to roll let's roll some dice figure out a scenario and play you know so it yeah, I, I think if there was an easy way to do it, if if you could show the top sheet and just go, yep, that's what it says on there, that would be great. So whoever at MUL, please make that happen. I know, I know you guys do a lot already without uh, without you know the the backing or whatever to make it easy, but oh, make life so good. And I know we talk about like the three fifty and Alva Strike, but they have a total warfare force builder now too and yeah that would just benefit would work there too everything see because um, the and the other thing that i thought of as well for people wanting to build factions was I, if i'm I, I don't think it was x toll maybe it was but there was a a community member who built out rat tables huge rat tables for all of the houses but he also did a weighted average for the units as well so like the enforcer for the fed sons would have a weighted average of 50 versus uh pick a medium mech a satyrian which is maybe 20. that way when you saw that list of of units on the faction side you could go well there's a preponderance of of enforcers for medium mechs and riflemen's and uh, Jaeger mechs and battle masters and uh, Valkyries and stingers are big in the Davian world. You can have these other things sprinkled in as well. But if I really wanted to build something truly fed sons, pick all the weighted, you know, the higher weighted stuff. I don't think there's ever been um, an official thing like that. Uh, but I thought that would also help individuals understand the the factions and, and what is popular for each house. Right, because you have to get into a lot of lore and all the different units, front line, second line, or shoot, even their <clears throat> even their percentage of rating too for like mercs. So I think the biggest difficulty, along with the the limitations on factions, is 
some factions are going to have more advantages or disadvantages because they might have, like said, 400 different units they can choose from from a faction and era compared to 100 different ones. Do you guys yeah. think part of this problem is the fact that those that have been in the game know that that information is available? But be. they know where to reflected, find it. Isn't reflected in if. that is causing issues for people, you know, like I've stated many times, you know, for the way my brain works, sometimes I can't wrap wrap my head around this, that, or the other thing. Could that be what's going on here as well is people know that that information is there, but we can't accurately show detect or use it on the MUL, which is causing people to have small aneurysms. Good. Well, and I think too, it's a little bit just because Battletech's always had a different culture around its unit lists. Um, whereas, like, if you're playing X Wing or Warhammer, you know, those games, it's much more of a this is, it's a more like focused list of what's available to you because the, like, you, your sides are more clearly defined, I feel like, in those universes. Whereas in Battletech, it's like, well, at at what year did the Capellan Confederation take over the factory that built that, that mech? Because now it's their mech and not, you know, not the Davian mech anymore. And, and everybody's going to use it because it's a battle mech. They're not going to say, oh, heck no, I'm not using that thing because, you know, Davian made it first. Whereas in, like... Uh, you know, in the Star Wars universe, the Empire's not going to be like, ah, let's rock some X-Wings because, yeah. you know, they're good. No, they're going to blow them up and go make some TIE Fighters. Like, that's the way that the universe works. It's not the same here. So I think people get in their head of like, well, I should be able to find a list of my like 10, 15 units that are Davian or, you know, Steiner and then build around them. And it's like, it's not really the way that it's ever worked in battle tech. So I, I think people just kind of are kind of feeling around in the dark. Like they feel like I need, I need this like core piece to tell me where to start. And like, in some ways we have it. And in some ways we, we don't, I mean, we just. A lot of those old resources, like the field manuals, the updates, they had all those rats established, but like like we've been talking about, they're so intermixed now because lines have changed that it's it's a, it's older references, and it's been so congealed that it's hard to separate those factions anymore. I mean, they're yeah. still listed in some of the PDFs and things like that, and what you can find, but there's really nothing up to date that encompasses all of that accurately super accurately they just yeah. need a book of all roll tables reputation just call no, it the rat right well and, and and part of it too like tamar rising you know it has rats in there for you know the the main antagonists in that conflict um for max vehicles aerospace battle armor and that's that's awesome but like that's got that would have to i i guess in my head is it's an ongoing timeline so every era 
and, and not even era, but like every section of era that gets like fleshed out then creates new rats. Right. So it's, it's always changing. It's always intermixing to the next year. Right. The next era. Plus you're rolling dice, you're rolling 2d6 and then you're modifying it per the type of unit because you could have, Oh, this is this, this faction, this era, but it's this unit. So it has, instead of using 2d6, I get a D six plus five for Omega galaxy. It's, it's almost impossible because it's too ambiguous. There's too many variables. Which is also so, sort of the draw for Battletech anyways, because yeah. it is so big. Right. So it's double-edged sword, rock and hard place kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, that's why you just have to, I mean, like like we have, we have parameters of what you can use and what you can't use. And If we can make baby steps towards that. Sometimes kudos. people in Battletech don't like that. They want, yeah. I want access to everything. Yeah. And yeah. I, but I do think, I agree, to, to wrap it up. I think if the MUL could do something like that, that would, that would be the way to go. Good luck. That'd be so much fun, though. That, just, just, just me throwing it out into the interwebs. That was one of my pastimes, looking through old field manuals, looking at rats for faction and era. I would totally buy that book. Just 100 pages of roll tables. Uh, it, oh, God, <laughs> that better be more. It would be awesome. And but as soon as you printed the first one, the next year you have to print the next one, the next update. <laughs> I don't think Catalyst has a problem with reprinting books. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, that'd be a book I'd definitely buy in PDF just so <laughs> right. I could get the erratas built in. The new update. Um... Cha-ching! Speaking of erratas, if anyone didn't know, there was a new errata to the Alpha Strike Commander's edition. Uh, when did that drop? October 7 or something like that? No, it, it dropped while we were at Battle Barn. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad nobody realized it because they would have been like, you jerks. For the new rules <laughs> oh, <laughs> today. That would have been <laughs> terrible. <laughs> and, I mean, to be honest, if you have a tournament event and the errata drops that day, I don't know if you can really incorporate it unless everybody understands no. it or if you're going to enforce it. No. That's that's uh, a whole other fun topic, too, for judges and field marshals of, like, guess what happened today? Well, we're started. Yeah, that edge case of, like, oh, really? I would, I would think you'd have to rule that as those rules don't apply just because not everybody knows them. Unless it's, like, one rule. And you're like, hey, everyone, guess what? It's not only lunchtime, but <laughs> now you're going to have a problem with water. But if it was one of those rules that like it just screws somebody list or something like that, that would. Yeah, I, I, I if, if it was me, I would rule that as Tomorrow. we're playing with yesterday's rules, not today's rules. Yeah, that'd be, that would be tough, especially if somebody's pushing hard on it. Like, I, I did <laughs> like the fact that they're like, uh, I don't know who I don't know if the Kestrel's still. But there's a new guy that does the erratas, I think, or something like that. Maybe not. But he's like, oh, yeah, by the way, not reprinting 5th edition. Uh, <laughs> or, uh, I think he got his memos mixed up there. He's like, because I know he put out uh, 
last errata before fifth edition of Alpha Strike Commander's Edition that he's a couple days Ta-da. later he's like, never mind. <laughs> Oops. Still rocking the first edition, baby. I really need to buy a new book. With with 30 pages of errata. Yeah, exactly. Just stuff it in there. So with the Kickstarter getting kind of finished up, I wonder when we're going to see the book codes for the Founding Clan book come out. Yeah, it's supposed to be any time now. Anybody who uh, backed at what, Warrior? Warrior Above should get the second book too uh, as part of the Kickstarter. So um, it looks cool. It's got an exterminator on the cover. So hopefully it'll be in printed form and PDF or whichever. I always forget. Do those get emailed to you or do you have to go to the Catalyst web store to get them? Uh, They they email email those out. No, it's Jen. That's just a question of which email folder does it go into? <laughs> oh, and trash. it's uh, social promotional. Prime, it's probably spam. It's the uh, Visions of Rebirth is the name of it. Founding of the Clans, book two. So I, I still haven't finished book one. Um, so you know, shame on me. But yeah, it's a good I, book. I, I enjoy it. Yeah, and I I enjoy Randall's writing. So it's um, a really good book. I'm looking forward to reading Visions, so whoever over there at Catalyst is in charge of getting those codes figured out and sent out, you know, please, Gib, <laughs> Gib, Gib code. So, um, Gideon, how did your, uh, how'd the AMA go, Mr. Voice? <laughs> uh, it was fun. I, um, I it, Being on camera was, you know, interesting. Um, but... I mean, everybody was super, super cool. Um, I mean, there's not a whole lot to it that people didn't see. Uh, Unfortunately, uh, with so many people, one, it was way more organized than I thought it was going to (laughs) be. Well, just because when you have, what was it, six or seven or like six content creators and Ray and Talon. Yeah. And you had DFA, Wolfnet. Tex. Arbiter, uh, Tuck Battlebound. from uh, Battlebound, mm-hmm. uh, CSO, CSO yep. Ryan Peterson. Those are all awesome people to talk to in yeah. person too. Well, well yeah, it was kind of like, I, I like I was kind of like, there's going to be so much crosstalk, you know, like people are going to get their wires crossed, and it, 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 I was scared it was going to be crazy, but um, no, none, none of the worries uh, came to pass. Uh, but unfortunately, because there were so many people, we only got through a handful of questions, but it was, it was just cool to be there. It was like, uh, thanks again to Ray or whoever over at Catalyst thought of us to in- include us because it was, it was fun to be able to kind of be a part of a, like a small community, you know, I mean, I, I think we kind of get used to it having the, uh, the O-Tube guys, you know, and some of the CSO guys all hanging out in the Discord. Um, but, man, when you, you kind of get everybody uh, in the in the same room, it's kind of like, oh, wow, yeah. Yeah, there's, there, there's uh, all these different, like, little micro-fandoms, you know? It's, it, was, it was a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, w- one thing that I think I, like, 
wasn't clear because I, I was watching the live chat the whole time because I was talking about like pre Kickstarter and how hard it was to get, uh, like to be able to get product. Um, and I, I, you know, made a comment like, Oh, you could, you could beg your local game shop to try to order battle tech stuff. And I think people took that to mean that like, People, like game shops didn't want to order stuff or didn't want to support the Battletech community. Um, but more what I meant was, because Coach, your own experience, you know, with the game shop and stuff of like, it was a nightmare and a half to try to get Battletech stuff in. So that's what I more meant is you could beg your game shop, please get stuff in. But the undertaking that you were asking them to do was like herculean of like yeah. please just beat your head against the wall for a few days to get me some minis like that's a lot to ask of a game shop and and to tell you i mean on the miniature side iron winds was super awesome um they were they were the easiest distributor in the game in the game store that i've ever had to work with like, they're like here fill this out give us your order and they had it there in a week so that was awesome it's it's getting the books and the box sets and you know pre kickstarter um only certain distributors had them and if you were going to get another distributor you had to you had to fill out your life away again um and then it was it was just a very inconsistent stock level um i don't think stores back then could order straight from catalyst and if you did i don't think there was a wholesale uh price it was like oh i'm going to buy retail and sell it for a couple of extra bucks more or something like that but um, yeah, it was it was just tough, and because before the Kickstarter, they that what it was Shadow Run for three years, and that was the sole focus of Catalyst basically, um, minus what two or three guys at, at in the BattleTech division. Um, so it was tough, but it's, I think I think BattleTech's doing a little better than Shadow Run these days. But I I think I mentioned this to to Brent in our little convo and he says no Shadowrun's doing pretty well too so kudos to them their their new management or new way of doing business or or just the fact that maybe they got some some cash now um to start devoting attention to both those those titles so but yeah before before the kickstarter battletech was not very easy to find on on game store shelves yeah, well, no, and thanks for kind of explaining that, Coach, because, like, I just knew that any game store you walk into and you're like, hey, do you have Battletech? And it's just like, a, I, I, I wish, you know? So yeah, Half that, the time it's, what? Or half the time it's like, yeah, I'm trying. Right. Yeah, no, so that, that, that comment of mine was not in any way to, like, poo-poo any game shop out there that's been working its butt off trying to push Battletech. It's mu- it was just much more of a just trying to find a place that was able to have the right connections to make it, make it on the shelf was rare and hard to do. Well, and the other thing, hard thing for, for game stores is ordering miniatures. You don't know which miniatures to order. I mean, if you're going to order two of everything from iron winds, I mean, that's a lot of money, (laughs) but, um, it's just, it was, it's a tough market to, because there's so much stuff. There's so many miniatures. It's just hard to um, narrow down. You really need to know your your player base. Or you just have to be like, hey, order Battletech through us. And then they're like, oh, yeah, okay, cool. And then 
you're like, well, I don't want to tell you. You could probably just go straight to Ireland's and order it yourself. But, but I'm just glad that we have Kickstarter and there's thousands and thousands of of new players and and re-emerged players that now now you call battle uh, now you call the stores and they're like, oh, I wish I would have got in on that Kickstarter. <laughs> so. No, I I thought they did a great job with the AMA. Um, yeah, you've got a lot of content creators in one room. Um, and it is, you know, like you said, there is some crossover, but a lot of people are like, you know, I listen to these guys or I listen to these guys or I, I watch these guys on YouTube. Um, it was nice to show that there's other places to go. Um, we've definitely noticed, I can tell you that. Uh, I think we're... A couple of hits away from 900 members on our Facebook page. Yeah, yeah, it uh, it definitely helped us out. They they turned a a flashlight onto Wolfnet Radio, which was nice for us. I'm sure it's ha- happening everywhere, but at least I hope it is. They just need yeah. stickers. They need stickers. Stickers. <laughs> when that was the kind of the the interesting part of the AMA, I thought was uh, when Tuck fr- Tuck Davian from Battlebound was like, "Yeah, I found." uh texas videos and it kind of got it lit the fire under me to go out and make the content because like i love BattleTech and kind of realizing hey somebody else loves BattleTech too got him going to go make stuff and i think that that's really kind of um i, I don't know one of the more val- valuable things that we as BattleTech fans can do is just if we can light fires underneath other people to go out there and and do stuff with and it's not necessarily like create content but if somebody somebody listening right now is like should i go to my game shop and set up a a game night to show off BattleTech stuff do it you know like that that's how the game's gonna grow you know that's how we 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 meet new people we make new friends all, all that good stuff but um yeah just if 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 uh, everybody can influence somebody else to go out there and build BattleTech, then I think we're going to have a really wonderful uh, community. You know, I said I was going to get off my soapbox, and <laughs> I, I found like another I, one. Yeah, I, I keep stepping down, and it's, it's another <laughs> soapbox down here. You know, the other stickers they were looking at are there's some new House and Invading Clan stickers coming out, like three inch or two inch stickers on three, catalyst three and one three and one and a half i thought yeah they're they're available on the store right now they don't have every selection but maybe no. that'll maybe that'll come later hopefully i don't know that's something cool you could stick on the back bumper or on your winch on your uh back uh back window add a little flare to your car just get your license plates done and be done with it that would be solid. You know, which was really, really funny. We were playing at the source on Saturday and somebody came in and said, all right, who's got the mad 4A license plate? He's <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, I know I recognized that when I was walking in. So that was kind of made me giggle. <clears throat> yeah, don't, don't put that idea out there too much, though, because then. And people in, in similar states would be like, no, they took my Wolverine. Took my <laughs> I'll never forget the look on the lady's, on the lady's face at like the, the registration. Like, okay, what's this, what's this number sequence mean? Like, it's nothing bad. 
no, I need to know what it means. Like, it's it's just a nomenclature I want. No, you need to explain it to me. I'm like, well then, okay. I was just, I was just going to say, and then you deep dive on her and then watch her eyes gloss over and you yep. get about three sentences and you go, all right, okay. I'm done with you. Okay. <laughs> the year is 2987. <laughs> I was just going to say. <laughs> and, and the... And the Terran hegemony <laughs> needs a new battle mech. Ooh, if if someone could record themselves, uh, that would have been the reaction. Awesome. The reaction from the register for a vehicle license plate record record the reaction you get from explaining that. They'd be like, "Okay, get out of here." Stamp. <laughs> Give them on the origin of battle mechs uh, episode number. It's like here you go. That'll be so many dollars. <laughs> so many dollars. Uh, other releases we got coming out. Last Wave of the Wreck Guides. That was pretty sweet. I saw a lot of people uh, ooing and honoring over the Mastodon. Yes. Um, the oh, well, I mean, I, our our Discord, our the folks in our Discord are awesome. But every time a Wreck Guide drops, there's like four or five people, and they're just just tearing it apart which is awesome <laughs> but but yeah the, the mastodon and the uh rhyme otter both wrestle hog dominion designs and both yes! look like they're gonna be beasts yes beasts that's why oh. they didn't that's why they didn't release them sooner was because they were like eh, you know like let's let the dominion kind of or uh yeah the dominion just kind of like go with what they got for now because they're stuck because, on the fence yet well, well no because <laughs> if we drop this then they're going to be like well why didn't they take Terra? they got <laughs> rhyme otters mastodons they should be stomping on everybody <laughs> and then we have uh the rock in the hard place of the gray death legion but without the nostalgia yeah i uh, oh, I, go re- ahead. I read i read that one too and it was absolutely fabulous um so that was that was the rock in the hard place um by william h keith jr and we're not gonna we're not gonna take away spoilers no spoilers for anybody but i mean the back of the book talks about you know the data core and basically the two locations they're gonna they're gonna do some do some dealing in and just the technology they were talking about and the space travel was by far a massive improvement of keeping people on the edges of their seat while reading this. Good job on that. I, 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 we were talking about this, I think, before we started the podcast, too, mm-hmm. about you know, William Keith did such a great job in getting you uh sucked into the story where the suspense it was it made it a page turner um <laughs> there were a few late nights where i was like oh my god i'm still awake um because <laughs> you couldn't put it down it was it was really really good <laughs> yeah i was at like work lunch break like no no, no one more page one more bell went off dang it <laughs> <laughs> now this is back with Grayson and the original yeah. Grey Death Legion, correct? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Is, is the audio book out as well? <laughs> hey, no. the rest of it is. What did I, I see? Know. The audio book for um, Divided We Fall is out. Mm-hmm. Yes. There you go. 
I've heard good things about it, but um, I, I I can't remember the name of the fellow who does who's been doing all of the uh, audio books, but um, I, I hear lots of good things. Um, I oh God, I can't believe that this is the situation that I am the the least hyped about rocking a hard place. <laughs> what? <laughs> As the as the like the biggest uh, GDL fan of the group, I'm the one that's like, meh. Did you just meh it? I think I did. I think you just met it. I totally oh, met it. I totally met it. And, 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 and that's why. And that's why in the in the notes I put without the nostalgia because I, I just feel like like it. It's Dude. it's still the GDL like, but it just I don't know. It doesn't hit the same way it's not the it's not the same i don't know what it is about it i don't know what they do to the flavor yeah yeah <laughs> like it, it, it it's still steak but it's not the same steak <laughs> did you get a burnt steak please don't put ketchup on it <laughs> oh is that what it is maybe it's medium steak rare ketchup. no no and before anybody's like oh god he hates it no i don't i don't hate it i i <laughs> i'm not so gonna on, put ketchup so on, on it so on a scale of one to ten for a Grey Death Legion book, what would you say? Like just for Grey Death Legion books, I mean it's it's way better than the Dying Time. I mean, and <laughs> nothing against that book itself. It just really kicked me in the gut. So, uh, I don't, I don't know. I, I I give it maybe a, a seven. Okay, I'd, so it's, you're uh, saying wait for the audio book. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would give it an eight or nine, eight point five. I'll get an eight point five. Well, and, and I think that that's the that that that's always the danger of prequels, right? Like going back into a storyline. Like I I liked how the it incorporated the GDL into the like. It, into the rest of the warrior trilogy. Um, but on the other hand, you also know what the outcome is. You know that Grayson is never in any true mortal danger because he's <laughs> in the next, he's in the next book. Right. So it, it, it's this, like the story's interesting and fun, but when you know that there isn't, it, it, it takes the stakes away, you know, he was pretty close to being quick. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. William Keith's book, I liked. It didn't have, I, I agree with you still, it didn't have that first feel of, of uh, the Grey Death, but I really liked the space scenes. I really liked the idea of Wheel in, in fighting on that and how they approached that. Um, totally, totally. Getting getting more into Grayson's persona of uh, in the Aries convention and and all of that that was a side that we really it, it didn't get played up as much and in that book really solidified I, I like that um, but I, I really liked the the space and the uh, the difference between wheel and rock and how they made that all work. Um, I liked a lot of that aspects of it, but it agreed. It didn't have old school great death Legion feel would, to it. Would you say that maybe, I don't know if I'm 
talking out of my hat here, but would the difference be for the plot in the beginning of like, say he's a younger kid. He's got nothing to lose. He's already lost everything and it feels like it fits better. And this, and this new, this, this print, does it seem like they have everything to lose and it's teetering on the edge of losing everything and gaining nothing like risk and reward. Right. No, and, and, and radio silence. No. Cause I was really thinking about your, about what you're saying, because I, I, I feel like that's part of it because you go from this very, like uh, the original trilogy, Thunder Rift is incredibly personal for, for Grayson. Oh, geez. And then now I'm totally spacing. Uh, Mercenary Star turns in like it, it's a, hey, you're a new mercenary unit and you got in over your head, you know, so it, it has a very real personal feel. Um, and then, of course, um, Price of uh, Glory. Price of Beauty. Glory, yeah. Yeah, I always get them back. Price of Glory. But, and then that one was like the, like, um, put, you know, like, are you going to team up with your arch nemesis to, you know, survive this? You know, like, it, again, very personal. This one felt like it was just a job. <laughs> just a job. Yeah. Like, like, I, like, like, and, and not that, not like that Gray, Grayson or Lori or any, any of the characters act like, oh, it's just a job, but it didn't have that same personal tie. Like as a unit, it tied them into the fourth succession war. But it was like, ah, we're doing a job. Like, this is hard. This is almost impossible. We're the, we're the GDL. We'll make it happen. But it, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't their home planet. You know, it, it just it, it felt did different. It, did it come from them, like, describing the type of job they were taking on, that it gave that initial kind of, like, meh mission <laughs> well, I, when they took the contract? I, I I don't know. I, I like I haven't figured out figured that part out yet. But I think I I also think maybe part of the reason I'm the most meh is I'm also the most like invested. <laughs> so like when you, like I I think I knew how their timeline went, and this book changes that. So like the little details that were used to explain the time between the last novels that existed is now different and filled in, but none of this ever, none of this existed before. This is all new. So it's like, it's the biggest shift in perception. Right. Cause I mean, you got your 350 list. That's gray death legion. Now you're going to have to add, you're going to have to paint on some more scars to the Marauder. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, the Marauder, the Marauder stays beautiful. Marauder it's done, stays, stays done. Pristine. You know, speaking of uh, painted Marauders, Andrew, you, you got a Marauder, didn't you? Yeah, so sexy. Again. Um, that, that thing is awesome. <laughs> you guys have no idea. Until you have it in hand, you have no idea. Um, that was um a, a phenomenal surprise kevin reached out to me out of the blue and said hey i need your address again <laughs> like, i forgot where you live <laughs> what, what do you what do you need my address again for he's like i got something to send you i'm like oh okay i said well you might as well give me your address too because i got something to send you 
And I said, well, what are you sending me? He's like, I can't tell you. I'm like, what the fuck do you mean you can't tell me? He said, uh, somebody asked to have this commissioned done and they would like to remain anonymous and do that again. I will say thank you. If we have that listener with us um, from the bottom of my heart, thank you. It is one of the most prized possessions I have. Um, and Kevin, before he sent it, even said, I started this back in March. And <laughs> he, had, he was just finishing it up. And for Kevin to say he felt this is probably some of his best work, um, it is best gift, best gift I've received. Thank you. Um, it is a phenomenal piece. Uh, it actually has a, a three inch hex base that has uh, Chitsu's Jade Hawk on the ground as I've defeated her. And then the Marauder is on an inch and a quarter base. So it's playable. Thank you, Kevin, for thinking of me in 350. Um, and it is removable from the, from the three inch base. It's sunken in and it's set in a way where the Marauder, when it's all together is is kind of standing over the jade hawk so just an extremely extremely cool piece uh, again you're never thank actually you. gonna put that on the board are you no that will never <laughs> see the board it's <laughs> never gonna go out of the when, case i think <laughs> it was good oh i was just gonna say it's got the trademark uh bruschetto overheat heat sinks i mean yeah like, like, like what that mini says to me is you need to learn heat management it's a Marauder 2C. It, it kind of <laughs> goes with the trade. You got to learn heat management. And, he was taking and... on a Sakon. No, Chitsu wasn't a Sakon. Oh, no, she was. She was, Delta, she was Delta Galaxy Commander. Dark Colonel, yeah. I love um, it how they gave you the number 13. How lucky is that? <laughs> that's his number. That's, that's my I number. Know, right? <laughs> and and he scratched Kroll into the side of it, too. Literally, I looked at that at different times through the night and just picked it up and turned it around. And every time I picked it up and I turned it, I was finding another detail piece that I had missed previously. Um, so, you know, again, thank you to the person who commissioned it, but also thank you to Kevin for the amount of time and love that he put into that miniature. Cause it absolutely shows. Um, I said, I said it before. I'll say it again. The Jade Hawk is better. The, the debris <laughs> looks nicer than anything I can paint. Than anything we can paint, yeah. <laughs> how many how many blue marauders do you own now? Three. <laughs> I got uh, I got that one from Kevin. I got the blue marauder from the uh, diorama set that Augustine painted, and I got that uh, Inner Sphere Marauder too from Raymond. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm collecting Marauders, which is not a bad thing for me at all, no, man. Not a bad thing. <laughs> so, again, thank you to everyone. Uh, it's, I love it. it. It just, it's making my shelf look so pretty. <laughs> oh, so pretty. I've been having a blast uh, playing around with my uh, airbrush. I'm. Andrew gave me one of his old ones, and I was just, I finally got around. Now that I have my new workspace, um, 
That's that's so much easier. Oh my goodness. What you, what have you been painting? What have you been painting with airbrush? I'm still going with that ghost bears. Uh I did the I did the Mad Cat and now I'm on the Vulture and just blending so the the camo it's the paint scheme is white legs and it transfers over to like a dark blue top. But and trying to do that with brushes is just it always infuriated me. And this is just like done. Well, that was easy. <laughs> Next. Black wash and trim. Next mech. Doesn't get any easier than that. I, I did find out, though, that uh, definitely try to do all or most of the mechs that you can, because sometimes, like, my blue camouflage that I had going on the Mad Cat didn't turn up as well on the... Because you're, you're doing it at different days. So just base everything in one day, do the legs in one day, top and woods. That way you're consistent with so, the color. Aaron, the next the next fun thing that you'll have is when you start spraying everything at different angles. Yeah. So just trying to get the highlights. Yeah. Well, because that's I I painted. Uh, you guys aren't in a bandit in my list. You're in a blizzard because the <laughs> heavy urban assault group has to have an IT six. So that's where you're at. <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> Upgrade. <laughs> But I, uh, I, I that I've got that put up or in the process. I got to get the terrain painted on now. But um, I u- used my airbrush, and again, thank you, Ray, for he uh, sent me all of his work notes and all of the paint used in that um, that bluish gray Marauder Intersphere Marauder Two that he painted that it went up on CSO, and I'm trying to replicate or repeat that. Um, for my new dragoon themed um, playlist and gamma the blizzard the yeah the blizzard the blizzard and um, the little infantry piece that I got are my sevens which my infantry piece has three guys Aaron Matt and Charles so they're uh, they're in the process of getting finished but Poor where Tommy. I'm going <laughs> when you when you spray at angles right that's that's how you were out the the blue that I did on all of that was sprayed at a 45 from the top, which gave the top sides that blue hue, but on the, on the edges, it kind of faded right into the, the black and, and the black gray that, that I had below it. So that'll be the next, once you get these done, Aaron, start playing around with that. I, I bought some sponges, some natural sponges Ooh. that I'm going to try out next. Sponges are legit. I've had a lot of fun with that with my bandits. Well, and I really liked, can't remember if I saw it on a video or read it, but somebody's like, if you get silly putty, you know, base your mech like black or whatever, something like, and then take silly putty and wrap it around so you can get like, it'll look like tiger stripes. You just spray paint the model again, and then you peel the the silly putty away, and it should look like a... Maskings. Maskings. It's, it's yep. not a it's not a defined line masking. It's right. all like different lengths. So I'm really excited to try that out. That's that's gonna be and like I said, with with the airbrush. Can you even find silly putty anymore? So my daughter has like this it's color changing putty. I don't know. But I looked at it oh, and I'm like, I might steal that from you. <laughs> how how well yeah. is that gonna react when you get paint on it? <laughs> I, I don't know. We're gonna we're gonna I'm, 
I have plenty of X-Wing miniatures that I could try it out on first. <laughs> so I finally found a use for some of my X-Wing miniatures. Testing paint, uh, airbrush paint on that before I use, use it on my miniatures. So. Jesus Christ, this Iron Cheetah is a beast. <laughs> Sorry. You I just had to wreck it up, and I, and I pulled up the, the Rim Arter and, or Rhyme Arter and the Mastodon just looking, and then I jumped over to Iron Cheetah, and I'm just clicking through it. And God damn, there's some big numbers on that mech. Well, random, on that note, how about we go to the pod guy? Sorry. <laughs> mm-hmm. And this history brief with Charles Gideon brought to you by Aries Games and Miniatures. On this episode of Wolfnet History Briefs, an epic rematch leads one man to patricide and affection in the same day. Hello, Wolfnet, and welcome to this installment of Wolfnet History Briefs, where we look at what happened this month in the Battletech timeline. I'm Gideon. Let's go. Today we go to the 24th of October, 3029, and the planet Nusakan in the Lyran Commonwealth. Across a large depression, two forces faced each other. On one side stood the elite Ganyosha, with the few survivors of the equally vaunted Fifth Sword of Light. Opposite of them were the Kel Hounds. But really, this was all the will of Yurinaga Kurita the commander of the Ganyosha, and Morgan Kell. You may remember that the Kell Hounds were on Mallory's world when Yurinaga and his Warhammer killed Ian Davian in combat, and they prevented Yurinaga from claiming the first prince's body. He and Morgan would cross paths again a few years later, and their unusual duel resulted in Yurinaga being stripped of command and sent to a Zen monastery. Morgan also retreated to a monastery after that second meeting. Yurinaga spent the next eleven years dissecting every moment of their battle, while Morgan spent the time trying to forget it. Yurinaga was eventually recalled by coordinator Takashi Kurita, and charged with creating the Ginyosha, a unit whose purpose was to destroy the Kel Hounds, a task Yurinaga was uniquely suited for. You might also recall how Yurinaga began his mission in earnest when he killed Morgan's brother, Patrick Kel during the Silver Eagle incident we covered a few months ago. Morgan, learning of Yurinaga's return, and the death of his brother, took up command of the Kel Hounds. In the middle of the chaos, which was the Fourth Succession War, the Ginyosha and the Hounds chased down leads of the other's location. This blind groping led to the Hounds attacking the Ginyosha's home base on Nishira. Only the Ginyosha weren't there. Instead, they were assisting in the assault of Northwind, where their intel had placed the Hounds. They did battle there with the newly minted 3rd Hounds Battalion, but Yurinaga's true target still eluded him. Morgan left Yurinaga a map of sorts at Nishira, pointing to the ride system in June. Unforeseen Commonwealth politicking forced Morgan to miss that appointment, though, and this time it was Yurinaga who suggested the time and place of their meeting. When the Ganyosha arrived on Nisakan, for their final showdown with the Kel Hounds, what they found was a wasteland covered in destroyed mechs. The fifth Sword of Light's commander had tried to beat the Ganyosha to the prize, and the regiment paid the price for his avarice. As the Ganyosha approached the battle, the sword called for a renewal of the attack, but Yurinaga dismissed this option. This battle was going to be decided between he and Morgan. 
whether their units destroyed each other first, was irrelevant. Morgan strode forward in his archer, still pristine after hours of battle with the fifth sword, and offered individual combat. Reports state that neither man's mech registered on the targeting displays of any of the onlookers, as though the Warhammer and Archer ceased to exist. Proving a negative is difficult, but what is known, Yurinaga did not suffer from any issue in his targeting. Morgan masterfully dodged, but to no avail. Yurinaga pumped Alpha Strike after Alpha Strike into the Archer. Morgan never fired a shot, and instead absorbed the punishment until his archer's arm exploded and his mech stumbled to its knees. Yurinaga again dumped every available offensive tool at his disposal into the archer at close range, scoring hits with them all. But having survived this onslaught, Morgan stood his mech upright and bowed his mech to his foe. Yurinaga had been so focused on the destruction of his enemy he had pushed his mech too far and had burned it up by overheating. Morgan had won the duel without firing a shot, out of the belief they would both have surely died if they had truly fought. Having failed in his mission and singular focus, Yurinaga Kurita committed seppuku later that day. For his second, he chose Chusa Akira Brahe, who was also his illegitimate son. The ceremony, which ended when Akira beheaded his own father, closed the book on one of the greatest rivalries in history, in more than one way. Not only was Yurinaga dead, but Akira cited how his father had suffered neglect from the coordinator, but received only honorable treatment from Morgan, a sworn enemy. With this, Akira abandoned the Ginyosha and the Combine. He would spend decades fighting with and leading the Kel Hounds, who he had spent his early career trying to destroy. This is Gideon signing off, and remember, those who fail to learn from history are doomed. And that was History Briefs with Charles Gideon Dirks, uh, brought to you by Aries Games and Miniatures. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, I was going to uh, shout-outs. Who's got shout-outs? I see... Andrew has shout out. Andrew's still typing shout outs. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I'm cramming stuff in here. I keep All right, thinking. Since, since you're still cramming, Charles, do you have you have some shout outs? Start at the bottom of the list. Yep. Yeah. Um yeah, I just start off with uh Fang. Um for those of you who don't know, he hosts uh, little parties on Saturday nights on the Discord and um it, like I was just going to have it on the background while I did some writing stuff, but then I ended up getting sucked into these, <laughs> these, I don't even like horribly, badly good. Kingdom movies. of the spiders with oh, Shatner. My God. Yeah. We all streamed it on YouTube and, uh, it, it, just a good time hanging out with everybody. Uh, Phil Lee over there at catalyst, um, everything he does. Uh, and then I got, uh, I, I don't really know how to say it. Coo, coo. Mark, Ku, uh, Kaji Koshi, War Crimes and Wild Card. Um, we're doing a uh, uh, Mech Warrior Destiny text experiment, trying to see if we can make that work over uh, uh, Discord. So if you're in the Discord, scroll all the way to the bottom, and you can see what we're trying to make 
make work here. So, uh, thanks to those guys for, uh, being fun, uh, role play mates. That kind of sounds weird when I say it that way. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but thanks guys for being a, a good crew and, uh, we're having fun over there. So yeah, th those are my shout outs. Uh, I'll jump in mine are quick. Um, just want to thank all the new people that are joining the Facebook page. Um, uh, I think you're going to love the group. It's a fantastic group of Battletech players and human beings at the same time. I know that's weird, but uh, we've been able to pull it off. Um, thank to all the new listeners. We've definitely noticed an uptick in listenership. So thank you for all of uh, for finding us um, again. You don't need to go all the way back to episode one. Uh, <laughs> and Please, through, no. Through all 40 <laughs> of them. Um, I, there's a couple of good stuff in there, but uh, I think they're all good podcasts. But again, it would just take you a long time to listen through 40 episodes that average two and a half hours an episode. So um, you could just jump into the party right here on episode 40. So um, not a big deal. But if you uh, want to do that, please, by all means, please if, go ahead. I'm not going to stop you. Just, just bear in mind that the audio issues in one through six were seven not the great greatest one through Painful. Seven. it's called baby steps for episode one for a reason so <laughs> um other than that um just uh thanks to all the guys in wolfnet regiment still making that thing going um hopefully in, in a week or so i'll have some more news for that but uh again co-hosts thanks for catalyst for the ama um and all the other content creators out there um making BattleTech a better place. I'll go next. Um thanks for everybody for listening. Uh I know I haven't been a big part of the the group lately. Um been working on the stuff that actually makes money called work. <laughs> um and I've been busy quite a bit. I'd like to shout out to Kaji just cuz I just saw him. I talked to him a little bit ago before the before tonight's show, so Shout out to him. And I'd like to make a big shout out to uh, a new retiree, uh, Uncle Mark. Um, yeah. I'd like to take yeah. a big shout out for Uncle Mark. So congratulations. That's it. He's got a lot of miniatures to start painting. <laughs> that he has all this free time now. Mm -hmm. uh, I'll go next, I guess. Um to, uh, I'd like to give a shout out to Chad Orson, uh, one for all of the work and effort that he's done at the source and in getting uh, Battletech brought back and, and building that community again. And uh, wanted to let you know thoughts and prayers are with you for uh, your recovery. Um, get better so we can start rolling some dice again. Um, shout out to Brian uh, Ledbetter, another guy here in Minnesota. Uh, apparently we hit a bad spot with health. Everyone ended up in the hospital for various different reasons. Um, again, uh, I'm glad you're home. Uh, I hope you start feeling better and uh, get to see you again at the source here soon. Um, Ray White uh, for uh, my Marauder, that Intersphere Marauder 2 and, and sending me over his uh, notes on, on getting that done. I'm, I'm enjoying trying to replicate it. Um, again, as I said earlier in the podcast, um, the anonymous commission, uh, again, I can't thank you enough for, for that piece. It's truly wonderful. 
and then to Kevin Witt for uh, his time and effort in bringing that piece to life. It's truly a masterpiece. So thank you. Uh, shout out to um, <clears throat> everybody that's been asking really great questions to get new players started. Um, even with, hey, how do you use MUL? Oh, we just made a video on that. Glad you asked. Here, watch Aaron run you through it. <laughs> so, uh, Mike Gred had a great question on that stuff. Um, also, Ouroboros, Brent, YouTube. Great conversations in the wee hours of the night, um, especially talking about anything that's that's going on, anything that needs direction, goals. Those are fun to talk about, especially for fellow podcasters. It's fun to see everybody maintaining the even strain. And hey, if things are bothering you, shout out to people. We uh, We love to talk to people that Need a smile on her face the next day. And sometimes sometimes it's great to even have someone make us chuckle. Because, uh, yeah, it's still a challenge out there. So everybody needs to stay safe and happy. Anybody else at all? I think that's everybody. That's it. Yeah. All right. You can find us on uh, questions, concerns, comments at WNRP at YouTube, Discord, Patreon, Facebook. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, have a great evening and pleasant tomorrow. Oh, 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 oh,